0: Well, good morning. morning. We want to welcome everybody to Sunday School of Victory Baptist Church. You know, even when this thing's not back too far, i got a habit of just stepping it up a bit. (laughs) Going to be drag marching the floor because Tony, he'll drag her back. (laughs) But uh, hey, we're happy to see you here today and uh, come out on this blustery day, isn't it now? Yeah. I tell you what, make you swerve in the road when you don't want to, <laughs> the way it was coming out, but uh, thank the Lord for this day. If you have your Bibles, open up to Psalms, Psalms chapter 26, and uh, you know, the theme for this, uh, this year is, is walking in truth, and uh, this, uh, this month's theme is walking in truth, and this week we're talking about walking in integrity and the Lord's truth. And if you have Bibles, let's look at uh, verse 3 of chapter 26. The Bible says, For thy loving kindness. Do you think about that much? The loving kindness of the Lord? It says, For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. And, uh, you know, this is a psalm of David. We don't know exactly what was going on in his life at this time. Um, he's got detractors, you'll see in this chapter, those that are slandering his character. And, uh, you know, some people think maybe it was when he was uh, running from Saul and uh, that Saul and uh, his group, and it makes sense, uh, would have to slander David because David was, was popular with the people for his uh, upright walk and his righteousness and his value, you know, being a valiant man, warrior. Um, others think that it may be uh, when Absalom was seeking David's throne. You know, Absalom, the Bible says, he sat in the gate, and he uh, said that the king had no deputy to hear their their petitions. And he said, oh, if I were king, you know what I would do? And that the Bible says that he stole the heart of the people. And uh, many think that... Uh, David maybe is enduring this you know as people were were mumbling and grumbling you know some people will will follow a detractor like that willingly and some are are just fooled into it and uh, but anyway David's in a time of oppression and and what does how does this affect David's walk what does David do you know we see here that David goes directly to the greatest authority. He goes to the, he, he skips the lower court. He skips the court of a public opinion. You know, so many times we'll, we'll go to someone else when it happens to us and, and there's trouble. We'll say, well, what should I do? You know, we'll ask, ask advice. And, and that's not unwise. But let me ask you, where do you go for help first? You know, the Bible says in Psalms 121, it says, uh, the question is asked, from whence cometh my help? In the next verse, the, the psalmist answers his own question and says, my help cometh from the Lord, right? Where do you go for help? You know, what, what is, ask yourself, what's, what's my first resource? And that'll tell you where, where your faith truly lies. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I think here the, the psalmist, he says in verse 1, he says, judge me, O Lord. It means vindicate me. Lord, uh, you take up my cause you show forth uh, the righteousness of the situation. He says, for I've walked in mine integrity. I've trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. You know, I think, uh, um, and I've told this story before, but I like it so well because it illustrates things so well about, about what, where is our source of, of help. I think J. Vernon McGee told the story of a, a, a ship that was crossing the Atlantic Ocean at the turn of the century, an evangelist was on board, and the ship caught fire. And they formed a bucket brigade and began passing buckets to, you know, they didn't have the modern-day fire suppression. And the evangelist said, don't you think we should pray first? And the lady next to him with bucket in hand turns to him and she says, oh, is it that bad? Is it that bad? Listen, is prayer your first resource, or is it somewhere further down the line? Listen, the psalmist said he went straight to the Lord. He said, I want the judgment of the Lord. He said, vindicate me, defend my reputation. You know, while it's not wrong to mount a defense, in this case, it may not have been possible to mount a defense. And, and yet David says, defend me based on my integrity. And what, what is integrity? You know, it's, it, it's my, my wholehearted devotion. He said, my integrity in what? In thee. He says uh, that I've walked in my integrity. Defend me in my faith that I've walked also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. You know, James said in in James 2.17, he says, faith that hath not works is dead being alone. The psalmist here said, I've trusted in thee and I've walked in the integrity of of that trust, of my faith. He said, that's where it is. Uh, James said, I will show thee my faith, what? by my works, by my works. You know, David's life was motivated by God's love and faithfulness. Look there at our verse, it says, for thy loving kindness is before mine eyes and I have walked in thy truth. You know, a 17th century uh, Presbyterian pastor, Samuel Rutherford, he put it like this. He said, the law of God, honeyed with the love of Christ, has a majesty and power to keep us from sin the law of God honeyed with the love of Christ has a majesty and power to keep us from sin you know John 4, 9, 1 John 4 19 puts it like this we love him because he first loved us our motivation for, for loving and obedience to Christ is his love for us in Pilgrim's Progress, I, I was thinking about this, I couldn't remember it, I read it last year again, but um, in, in the, the chapter where Christian meets hypocrisy and, and formalism, Christian's walking down the celestial road, and as he walks, two men jump the fence and join the path of the celestial road, and one is named hypocrisy and one's named formalism. And Christian uh, questions them as to the validity of their travel to the celestial king, celestial city. He says, he says will, you not, will you not be received if you've not entered in by the narrow gate, by the straight way as ordered by the king? And they said, no, we have, we have uh, history on our side. We have judges that will agree with us. And Christian looks at them and he replies this, he says, I walk by the rule of my master, and you walk by the rude working of your fancies. You know, I'm afraid sometimes, even though you may be saved, you might be born again, that we are so habitual in our walk that we walk by the rule of our fancies. You know, we, we've grown up in a land where, where we pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We have this rugged individualism, and that's not a bad thing unless it overshadows our obedience to the will of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. Then David, he says in verse 5, he says, "...I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash my hands in innocency." He goes on down in verse 9, he says, "...Gather not my soul with sinners." nor my life with bloody man in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. You know, I think of David's reaction and his walk towards those that, that slandered him. And, and I, I, I tried to imagine myself and what my reaction is being. You know, the, the, the reaction of man is to strike back, isn't it? But that wasn't David's reaction. You know, the Bible tells us to be angry, and sin not, in Ephesians chapter 4. You know, I, I think one guy put it well when he said, if, we, if we're to be angry, let us be angry at sin alone. Let us be angry at sin alone. But a man that has no anger, I don't think is necessarily a mature man. I think he's a man of lax morality, for there's much to be angry at. David was angry at the slanderous words of these men. He was angry at the, the vain men, the Bible says in verse 4. Those that entered into the congregation but had no, no sense of worship, they were just putting on a show. These things angered David the, and how, how they treated him and came off with him. They angered David. Do we not live in a land where there's much to be angry about? Are you not angry? You know, We don't hear the word abortion bannered around a whole lot anymore. You know, it used to be a hot topic. Now it's an accepted fact. And I think it's become accepted amongst God's people almost as well. Well, I can't really do anything about it. It's something to be angry about. And what, what resource do we have in this? The same David had. When's the last time that we prayed for those millions of murdered babies? When's the last time we, we prayed and, and were angry about alcohol in our community and its effects? When's the last time we prayed and, and were angry about, you know, with a righteous anger about sin in, the, in our lives? Those are the things that David was angry about. You know, what's the answer to these things? How, how, how are we moved? We're moved by the Holy Spirit. What does the Holy Spirit do? You know, the Holy Spirit moves in our lives first to subdue us. You know, we're, we're called to walk in newness of life. We are a new creation. We are a new man. But the old man still dogs us, doesn't he? You know, um, I, 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 all the time I use the example of uh, uh, how, how the Holy Spirit will, will work in my life. You know that I shouldn't have an overabundance of sweets. And you know what? I'll, man, I like cheesecake. <laughs> i just said I love cheesecake. Good cheesecake. You ever have that Cheesecake Factory cheesecake? Man, that's God's cheesecake, isn't it, Right? And I look at that, and I'd like to have it. And you know, believe it or not, the Holy Spirit will say, whose body is this? You know? <laughs> yeah. What do you do? You know? You go on, don't you? You put that sin behind, that temptation behind you. Listen, the Holy Spirit will work to subdue it in, in you. And not only that, the Holy Spirit will work to empower you. Look, David's prayer there is in verse 11. He says, but as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. He says, redeem me and be merciful unto me. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. David didn't want to be around those of hypocrisy, those of of sin. You know, my buddy has always said, close association leads to some contamination. I think uh, Paul wrote it in 1 Corinthians 15 he said evil communications corrupt good manners do you remember what David's epitaph is there in Acts chapter 13 it says for David after he had served his own generation by the will of God a faithful man you know what will our epitaph be you know are, are we easily led astray <coughs> There's a quay over in the United Kingdom. It's called, um, what was that? Torquay, England is the name of the town. Along that quay, along the boardwalk, it looks like a boardwalk. It looks fairly modern. There's dots and dashes and dots and dashes and dots and dashes down the length of that quay. And anyone that can read Morse code can walk that quay and work it out. It says vanishing point, vanishing point. It was from that quay that thousands upon thousands of allied troops left on the morning of June 6th, 1944, never to return. Listen, don't let that be you. Don't be led astray. Walk in the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As David said, he, in in the early part, he said, he says, I have walked in the integrity of my heart. I will not do these things. And then in the latter part of the chapter, he says, I will walk. I will walk. You know what he did? He did just what Daniel did. He purposed in his heart that he would serve the Lord.
1: <clears throat> Thank you, Brother Dale. Well, before we begin this morning, we'll take some prayer requests. Uh, anyone on this side over here have any special requests we need to remember? Cindy? My mom has knee replacement tomorrow. Okay, let's so be praying for Cindy's mom. Has knee replacement tomorrow, so just be praying for her. She has that surgery, that everything goes well, and rehab goes good. Just be praying for her. Anybody else over here? Be praying for Crystal. She's home sick. Okay. And I want to praise the Lord for the outcome of my trial. It went good. I uh, thank the Lord for it all. Amen. Amen. Be praying for Crystal. She's at home (laughs) sick. So be praying for her. And just thank God for how he intervened in Daphne's behalf on her trial. So just thank God for that anyone else of your uh, John's wife Stacy <laughs> okay. let's be praying for Stacy's aunt uh, and the death of her husband uh, so just be praying for that situation and Donna's just continue to hold her up Okay, be praying for them also. Donna's uh, uncle uh, passed away, so just be praying for the family there uh, this week as they have the funeral. And just be praying for these folks that are heartbroken and um, mourning. Just be praying for these families. Uh, anybody else over here? Rebecca? Uh, Rebecca? My dad gets for his prosthetic uh, Tuesday. Be praying for da- Rebecca's dad. is. He gets fit for his prosthetic on Tuesday. Just be praying that that all goes good, and you know you can get accustomed to using that. And uh, just be praying for him uh, with that. Then I have an unspoken request uh, from Miss. Uh, I can't think of nothing this morning. Dan's wife Terry. Yeah, that's about the way I have to do it. I have to associate. They'd just be praying for, she has an unspoken request for the Seabert family. It's just an unspoken request, and uh, be praying for the Seabert family. Uh, anyone else on this side? Uh, anybody on this side this morning? Then you'd be praying for Robin. She had her procedure this past week, and she recovers from that. Uh, Mary? praying for Mary and her new uh, line of well, not new line of work but as she's opened up her new business just be praying for her with that and be praying for her you know we live in a nation that's full of hurt uh, all we' got to do is look around you can see the hurt on people's faces uh, and how they deal with that often is determined by what they know about the Lord uh, they, if they know nothing about the Lord and don't know him they have one nature to deal with it just be praying for uh, that. Anyone else over here? Uh, Brother Mark? There's a family in North Carolina. their last name was Murdoch. Um, I don't know all the details. Their little child got back. Hmm. Just be praying for the Murdoch family. Uh, did, did the child pass away? Oh, uh, you don't know all the details? Okay. Just be praying for the Murdoch family. Uh, Child was ran over last night. So they're in South Carolina or North Carolina. North Carolina. Just be praying for that family. Uh, anyone else? I've seen some other hands. Brother Jim. be praying for this old friend of Jim's, an old army buddy that's suffering from throat cancer so need to be praying for him the situation there uh, any other hands? I thought of Paula unspoken requests I'll be praying for Kylie this morning she's really suffering with arthritis she couldn't even walk this morning and uh, she has a uh, the transfusion infusion, not transfusion, infusion done on this week. So just be praying for her. Uh, It's really gotten out of hand now. It's just just getting all over. So just be praying for her. Uh, Anyone else this morning? Uh, Diane? be praying for this friend of Olivia's and Ryan's that was told she had bone cancer, but the test came out negative. Thank God for that. Just be praying that uh, God give these doctors wisdom to figure out and know what's going on in her body. Uh, Just be praying for her, that situation. Uh, Anybody else? Uh, Donna? Kathy? Kathy? The devil's working this morning. He is. I mean, uh, my train of thought is terrible. So I just want to thank the Lord for making me well. Amen. Amen. It's good to see Kathy here this morning. Some of those that's been sick just need to continue to pray. We've got, we've got lots of folks out there that are sick. We need to be praying for them. Anybody else before we pray? Okay, will be praying for Hudson this morning. And Frankie, he's still six. And so maybe will be praying for him.
0: I just want to thank the Lord too, brother Tony. Just, I mean, we moved back in this weekend just reflected back on some things and see God's goodness and his Amen. leading Amen. and his hand. Just Amen. good.
1: Just grateful for Him. Yeah. Amen. Thank God for His goodness and mercy. Where would we be without mercy and grace? Good night. I see another hand. Brother Rick, just follow and the answer. It was about the, Give God the glory. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <clears throat> listen, it's not beyond His power. That's right. It's not beyond it. Uh-oh. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And listen, there's been lots of requests. And I want you to be praying for the requests that you can remember. And I'll pray for the ones that I remember. And if I fail to mention one, just remember God's heard That's right. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. Lord, that I can enter into your throne of grace. Father, that I can come, Lord, and intercede on someone else's behalf. Father, I thank you first and foremost this morning for as Brother Dale said, your loving kindness, Lord, that I don't deserve any of. Lord, I thank you for that grace that's been shed abroad and that mercy that's been handed to us. Lord, where would I be without it? Father, I just thank you for all your blessings, the benefits that I enjoy, that I have because of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ and his shed blood there at Calvary. Father, I thank you that I am a new man, as Brother Dale has already said. Lord, I don't have to let sin reign in my mortal body. Lord, we've been given the victory. And Father, help us to walk in newness of life. Lord, help us to be determined that we're not going to yield to the flesh. We're not going to let it have the right of way. Lord, Lord, Seek the things of God, not the things of the earth. Lord, this morning we've heard so many requests. Father, I thank you for Daphne's uh, praise this morning, for how that you intervened in her life, and the situation there, Lord, with the trial. Father, we give you the glory for it. Father, I pray for Crystal at home, sick this morning. Lord, I pray that you'll just help her physically and to get over this... uh, Virus or whatever it is, Lord, that is uh, plaguing her body. Father, we think of Cindy's mom. Lord, as she'll be having knee replacement tomorrow. Father, I pray that you'll guide the doctor's hands. Lord, I pray that the surgery will be a success. Lord, as she rehabs, Father, I pray that you'll ease the pain. Lord, you'll help her to mend and to heal properly and to get full use of uh, her joint just help her there in that situation Father we think of uh, Stacy's uh, aunt and the death of her uncle Father we just pray for this family that Lord is mourning, is hurting Lord that you would comfort them and help them Father I think of Donna this morning and the boys and Lord again our heart goes out to them and ask that you just uh, work and Lord make your grace evident uh, your mercy and Father, just help there with them, and Lord, uh, for her aunt and the death of her uncle. Lord, we pray for that family, and Lord, the Sexton family and the Thacker family. Lord, just so many families, Lord, that we know uh, that are Lord distraught and and heartbroken. Father, just help them to draw close to you, and uh, Lord, work in their life and help them. Uh, Father, I think of Rebecca's dad will be fit for his prosthetic this week. And Lord, that everything will go well there. That Lord, he'll be able to adapt to that. And uh, Lord, be able to use it. And it'll just be uh, something that just helps him to get around better. Father, just help him physically and encourage him. Uh, Lord, uh, I think of Miss Terry's request for this unspoken request for this family, the Seabird family. Father, I don't know the need. But Lord, you do. And Father, I just pray that you intervene in that situation and work. Lord, for other ones, for Paula's unspoken request. Lord, uh, the needs uh, that we all have. Father, those burdens that we we have that, Lord, maybe only you and us know about. But Father, I pray that you'll just work in every situation. Uh, Lord, just uh, meet each need. Work in hearts. Uh, Father, we think of Diane's request and Brother Rick's request, Lord, for this young lady that, uh, Father, was given bad news, uh, Lord, with a young family, and Father, I thank you, Lord, that the news wasn't uh, what it was prognosed to be. And Lord, we give you the glory for that, Father, for just intervening and working, and Lord, but do give doctors wisdom to see what could be going on, Father, just uh, working that situation, and. Lord, I think of Robin this morning. Uh, Lord, as she continues to heal, Father, help her. Lord, just to heal and uh, meet each need there. Be with our pastor, Father. I Thank you so much for him. Lord, just continue to give him wisdom to to guide. Father, see under shepherds here. Lord, just uh, just give him that vision and that zeal and that burn within his heart. Lord, to move forward and Father, help us. Lord is. As individuals, Lord, as members of this body of Christ, Father, to uh, join in the fight, Lord, to get involved, uh, to be dedicated, to be sold out, Lord, to be <clears throat> yielded to the Spirit. Uh, Father, just that our, the work here can go f- forward and, Lord, grow, and we can grow as individuals. Father, I think of Kylie this morning, and Lord, the pain that she's in today, Lord, this arthritis, and Father, I just pray that, uh, Lord, you'll help her, Father, to endure until uh, Thursday, Lord, when she gets the infusion done, and Father, just uh, help her physically, Lord, for other requests, Father, that there have been others, Lord, that I know I failed to mention, uh, Lord, that. You've heard, and Father, we just ask that you work. Lord, I think of Jim's request. Father, for his army friend that's been uh, diagnosed with throat cancer. Father, we just pray for him physically. And Lord, we think of Mary's request. And Father, help us to be mindful of people. Yeah. Lord, uh, Cain asked the question Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer to that is yes. Lord, help us to be mindful. Father, you're mindful of man. Uh, Lord, I'm so glad that you are. Yes. Father, now bless this time. Lord, I need your help. Lord, the devil seems to just be interfering. Father, guide my thoughts. Lord, help me. Lord, help each of us as we open the Word of God to, to meet you. Father, that should be our desire to meet you on the pages of Scripture today. And Father, uh, bless the preaching to come. Lord, may we see souls saved. Father, may we be discipled. Lord, may we be convicted, encouraged, whatever needs to happen in our life. Lord, may we give the Spirit of God free reign to do that. And Lord, we give you the praise for all you do in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Take your Bible again and go back to the book of Romans, chapter 6. We started chapter 6 last week and looked at the first four verses. And there's so much in chapter 6. It it, it can get so deep uh, with, you know, chapter 6 deals with being free, being free at last. You know, last week I I was thinking about chapter 6 and these verses we're going to look at today, verses 6 through 11, just build on verses 1 through 4. I want you to think for a minute, I was trying to figure a way to illustrate what chapter 6 is all about. About being free in Christ. And I, I, I thought about a slave. You know, just picture for a moment a man born into slavery. He's never known nothing but slavery. That's all he knows how to be is a slave. There comes a day in this man's life when his owner takes him to the auction and sells him. And a kind man buys him and sets him free. He runs through the crowd with those papers. I'm free. I'm free. Thank God I'm free. And now picture his former owner leaving. He sees what's transpired, and he leaves. But something happens that should never happen. The slave falls in line behind him. And the former owner turns around and says, What are you doing? You're a free man. He says, I don't know how to be anything but a slave. I'll go with you. I'll go home and work with you. And surely he's going to say, Well, come on. Come on. you say, well, surely that will never happen. Can I tell you it happens every day? It happens every day of our life. We have been freed. We have been given freedom. And what do we do? We do the only thing that we've known to do all of our life. We go right back in. To that slavery. Now keep that in mind as we read chapter 6 because that is exactly, if you're a child of God this morning, you have been given freedom. I have been given freedom. We are dead to sin. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 1 through 13. Chapter 6 and verse 1 says... Continuing an argument that began up in verse 20. We looked at that last week. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not, in other words, don't be ignorant, that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death. Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall shall be also in the likeness of His resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin, Just simply means to account, means to add up the facts. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof, neither yield. Ye, your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, as your members are instruments of righteousness unto God. What a passage! What a passage! Why? Do so many of us live like the story I told you a moment ago about the slave that was freed from sin, was, I mean freed from slavery, but chose to walk back in it. Why would he make such a decision? Why do we make such decisions? So many of us who have received Jesus Christ as Savior continue to walk, After the flesh. We've been given victory. We have victory. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, before salvation, you have only one nature. You you have that old Adamic nature. That first man, Adam. The things that Adam, because we are born in Adam. All of us. We have no choice in that. I said last week, we are born in Adam, but we don't have to stay in Adam. That's that's your decision, to stay in Adam. God wants us to be in Christ. And the moment you accept the Lord as your Savior, you are in Christ. What happened to Him happens to us. When He died, we died. When He rose and His life was different... Listen, His life was different after the resurrection... He no longer lived the life that He lived before the resurrection. He's not on this earth any longer. His direction was different after the resurrection, wasn't it? He's seated by the right hand of God the Father today making intercession. His life changed after the resurrection. Our lives to change after we're born again. After we're resurrected with Christ, the Bible says that we're to walk in newness of life. The old man shouldn't have control of me any longer. Listen, it's dead. It's dead. When you read these verses, it is dead. We're to walk as a new man. We have a new nature. No longer do we have to live like that. You and I don't have to continue to live. And sin. Listen to what Ephesians chapter four and verse twenty says. Ephesians chapter four and verse twenty through twenty four says this: "But ye have not learned, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man. That's what we're to put off, which is corrupt according to the." deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Colossians chapter three and verse nine, another verse. Colossians chapter three and verse nine, talking about how that we're to live after salvation. it says, "Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man. With his deeds. The old man's not to ruin anymore. You know and. We won't go there. But Galatians 5.24. If you want to read Galatians 5.24. Write that down. Talks about the same thing. Where you and I. Continue to give the old man. Yield. We continue to give him. The right of way. That's the only way that he succeeds. That's the only way that our life. We never mature as a Christian. We never go forward as a Christian. It's because we give our old life, the old man, the right of way. Listen, he's dead. That old man is dead. When Christ died, we died in Him. When He arose, we arose in Him. Listen, we have the Spirit of God to help us to resist temptation. Brother Dale's already talked about it this morning. The reason I don't resist is because I choose not to resist. You know, I wrote down some things here. When he died on the cross, the old man of sin died with him. I resurrect him. I choose. You choose to live a life of Mediocre Christianity we choose that not a spirit filled life the old man he's dead the body of sin might be destroyed look at verse 6 in the latter part the first part says knowing this that our old man that old way that old person that I was is crucified with Him. That the body of sin... I was reading this and thinking about this and I looked up some, what some commentators said about it because I just couldn't understand what it's talking about, the body of sin. I know where sin begins. Sin always begins in the will. There's where sin begins. Sin begins in the will. But what carries out that sin? The body. My body carries it out. My body either sees or hears or does or walks. My body carries it out. That body of sin. He says the body of sin might be destroyed. You know what that word destroyed means? To be made ineffective. Listen, it's been made ineffective. The old man, listen, he has no control over us. Some people say, well, boy, it sure doesn't feel like it. I say that. It sure doesn't feel like he doesn't have any control over me. But it's because I'm giving him control over me. He doesn't have control. It's not about feelings. Listen, it's about facts. It's Jesus said right here, God says that my old man is dead. That's right. It's been crucified with Jesus. It's not about whether I feel like it has been or not. It's about facts. Amen. Amen. If last night I didn't sleep, this morning when the alarm went off, I thought, no, <laughs> no. Can't be. But guess what? The earth said it was. The sun said it was. The rotation said it was. I won't go any further because you understand how <laughs> ignorant I am of science. But did it feel like time to get up? Did it feel like 6 o'clock? No. But listen, the facts said it was. Didn't matter whether what I felt like. That's what it is here. It doesn't matter what you feel like. When you look down there there in verse 11, don't don't ever forget this word, this verse. He says, likewise reckon. You know what that word reckon is? This is an accounting term. It means to add up the facts. That's That's simply what it means. Add up the facts. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. Why do we fail? Why do we stay so stagnant? We don't accept the facts. We don't accept the fact that our old man is crucified with Christ, that the body of sin has been destroyed. Verse 6 goes on to say, that henceforth we should not serve sin. As I said, sin begins in my will, but my body carries it out. My position in Christ is that I am dead to sin. Now, does the believer sin? Yes, he does. When you look at First John, and I forgot what verse I had written down there, but... Uh... 1 John. Anyway, it talks about if we say we have no sin, we make Him a liar. Because we are sinners. We're all going to sin. But do I have to let sin reign in my mortal body? No, I don't. No. I don't have to do that. The body of sin, he said, might be destroyed. That we should not serve sin. There at the latter part of verse 6. 1 John 1 8 through 10. There's where I wrote it down. 1 John chapter 1 verses 8 through 10. This is another verse I had written down, but that's not it. That's not what I was looking for. Our placement in Christ. Our placement. We know what our position is. We're dead in Christ. When Christ died, I died. That old nature, that old man died. The only way that he succeeds in my Christian life is for me to give him place. It's for you to give him place. We have to allow it. Because what, Jesus, what happened to Jesus happens to us. When He died, we died. Listen, it's not only death. It's it's resurrection. They go hand in hand. Jesus' life was different after resurrection. He wasn't the same. He didn't uh, stay here on earth. His life changed. My life's to change after salvation. Your life is to change after salvation. Verse 8 says, Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dies no more. Thank God. One time, once and for all, He died for the, for the sins of the world. Read Hebrews if you want to find out what we've got in Christ. He died once and for all. Death hath no more dominion over Him. Verse 10 For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. We know that when Christ arose, we arose. And we know that one day, not only will we be delivered from the penalty of sin, which we've already been delivered from, not only can we be delivered from the power of sin, which we have already been delivered from. But there's coming a day when we will be delivered from the presence of sin. But that is the only part of it that we don't have right now. I have the first two. God says that we're to have an abundant life, not, not at the end when we meet Him in glory. That abundant life is now. I'm to have an abundant life in Christ right now. That's what he's talking about here in this verse. It isn't talking about the future when we're in glory. He's talking about our life as a believer at this moment. We have that abundant life. We're to live unto God, verse 10. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul sums it up in verses 12 and 13. He says, because of this, because of the freedom that we've been given, we're no longer slaves to sin. Because of that freedom, he says, you have the ability to let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust there we know what the flesh wants. The flesh still wants what the flesh has always wanted. It wants corruption. It wants evil. It wants sin. But he says in verse 13, neither yield. What do you do when you yield? These guys in here, we've got truck drivers in here, and they know exactly what that yield sign means. Frank knows it means that I've got to give the right away. I've got to give the right away. Well, if you read it like that, and often that does maybe even better to read it. Neither yield the right away, my members as instruments of unrighteousness. I don't have to yield to that. I don't have to give unrighteousness the right away. He says, but yield, give the right away unto God, as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. We're not to serve sin. We have a pattern. I have a pattern. You have a pattern. Our pattern's right here. The pattern is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our pattern here. Verses 9 and 10. Jesus got victory over the grave, didn't He? He arose from that grave. He got victory. Hebrews 7, 25. Read it. We have the privilege of living a victorious Christian life. You and I have the privilege of living that. We don't have to live in defeat. I have the privilege. Now, often we don't. But it's not God's fault that I don't. It's my fault. If I don't live a victorious Christian life, that's, that's because of me. I've yielded. I've given up the right of way to the old life. We're no longer slaves. But you and I are free. Thank God. It just keeps on building in this chapter. It just keeps on building. So look at the rest of the chapter next week.